Welcome to the Awake Church Podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. about what the apostle 
and others were saying, apostles were saying to them to instruct them, to help them, and it's relevant today. It's relevant today. The very words that were spoken 2,000 years ago, we need today. And I'm so grateful that we have this word that is so alive in the sense of itself, the word of God. It's living. It's active. It's alive. And we need it to to know how to live, to grow. And so let's let's take a look at you guys by reading some scripture with me. It's okay to read some. So it's going to be up here on the screens too. Um, thankful for all of our team that are doing a great job. And all of our team actually have made the transition to work with New Church. And I so appreciate them. There's a lot that goes into a transition like this that we wouldn't know about. Um, but there's a lot to be really thankful for all that. Okay. So let's dive into the book of Philippians today. Probably for the next couple of weeks, we'll, we'll do this. Let me tell you a little bit about the setting of this. And before we do that, let us just pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that we get to talk about your word. We get to read your word. We get to eat your word. Thank you that it's alive. And we ask, Lord, that you would speak to us, the spirit of the living God who is in this room and inside of us. Use your word to change us, to communicate to us, to lead us, to convict us, to bless us and encourage us. All of those things, Holy Spirit, we just allow you to use these words to grow us into the image of Jesus. We want to look like you, and we want to allow you to do all that you want to do in our lives with us while we're breathing on this planet. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so... The book of Philippians is written to the church of Philippi. Philippi is uh, an area in Europe, which was in Macedonia, Greece region, and it was a kind of a gateway between Europe and Asia. So there was a lot of people traveling back and forth. It was a, the Romans took it over. It was named after Philip, King Philip, who was the father of Alexander the Great. And when, uh, Paul, during Paul's day, the Romans had already taken it over about 100 and some years before that. So it was now a Roman colony. And uh, so Paul was uh, really actually put that first slide up to give you a, a quick idea. That is ancient, a little bit of, that's a picture of ancient Philippi. Uh, you see the mountains around there, it's a beautiful area. And we get not only just the book of Philippians, but just giving a little bit of context about how we came to Paul writing a letter to them, and that's in Acts 16. So if you read Acts 16, that's the story about the church of Philippi. And how it happened was Paul, with Silas, they go on their second missionary journey. You know, Paul went on four missionary journeys. In his second one, they take off about the year 52. And they are on their missionary journey, and they have it in their hearts to go up into Asia, into some newer areas in, in Asia. But Paul says, and I'm going to summarize this for you, Paul says, the Spirit of Jesus won't let me do it. I want to go this way. You ever felt that in your life? I want to go in some direction. I've got a plan. This is the Spirit of Jesus would not let me go there. And so they didn't know what to do, but at night, he has a vision. In the vision, there's this man from Macedonia, and he says to him, 
for vision house. So Paul, whether it was a, a vision where he was awake or he was asleep, I'm not sure. But he realizes this is the Lord communicating to me. He wants us to go to Macedonia, to Greece, and Europe. So he and Silas take off. They head there. They get into the city. Um, they, there's not a temple there to preach in. Really, the custom was to go to the temple and begin to preach, but there wasn't a temple there. And so they just went to kind of the, the business district. And they start to preach. And people meet Jesus. And then there's this, war, this girl that is really a slave girl that's being used. But she has within her a spirit of divination. And someone's making money off of her by using her spirit. And uh, then Paul casts the demon out of her. Sets her free, and that causes some issues. As you know, then Paul and Silas are thrown, they're beaten, first off. They're beaten, they're whipped, and they're thrown in prison. And it was this is the chapter in 16, where at midnight, what were they doing? They're worshiping, which is, I, I was. I have lots of favorite stories. That's one of my favorite stories. After being beaten, whipped, accused, thrown in prison, in the inner prison, and they are worshiping at midnight, sore bodies and all, worshiping, and all of a sudden the earthquake happens. The place begins to shake and rattle and move, and their chains fall off and they're free. And uh, the jailer ends up getting saved as he's going to commit suicide. He gets saved. And so that is the beginning of the church at Philippi is his experience there. And then 10 years later, um, well, I'll mention that in a second. I want to say first that I love that God gives supernatural encounters at times, not every time, to lead us to the places that He wants us to go. And it's important that we're paying attention to those things. For Paul, there was a man in a vision from Macedonia saying, Come over here. Uh, for you and I, it may be that. It might be something different. I, when I think back of my life with my wife, from our marriage to one of the homes that we've had, to planting this church here in Winston-Salem and a few other things, there have been supernatural encounters where God showed up in various ways to lead us to that, well, lead to her, us to the house, and us to move up here to what's the town. Let me start this. And I'm so grateful for those things. And honestly, you don't know the story, but after I started this church, it was probably a year in, and I was going back and forth. I uh, went back and forth for actually four years in total. And I lived in Waxhaw, which is by the border of South Carolina. I commuted about two hours each way every week to come up here. But I wasn't planning on moving here. I was planning on starting it and then turning it over. So I had it all lined up to turn it over to this church to another person. And at the last minute, the day was supposed to happen, the transfer, the Spirit of Jesus changed it and didn't allow us to do that transfer. It was really unusual. And it was actually really, yeah. And, 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 and honestly, it was, um, I was confused at the time and a bit sad because I felt so bad for the person who was going to take it over. Uh, they had their heart set on it, and it 
was like, oh my goodness, but God made this change, this adjustment. And sometimes we don't understand those kind of things. We don't understand what's going on. I might feel not the best, actually. When the Lord is wanting us to do something different than what we have in mind, than what we have planned, and I'm so glad that He does this. So, anyway, ten years after Paul has his experience in the prison, the church is started in someone's home, which is where the churches were started in the New Testament. Ten years later, Paul finds himself in prison. And most likely it was in Rome. You can put up the other slide. Just to give you an idea of the distance. Uh, you see Rome there on the left. That's in Italy. As you know, in Philippi, in Macedonia, northern Greece, there. And there's, if you were to go by boat and foot, it's about 850 miles. So it's a pretty good distance between the two. And Paul is now in prison. Go ahead and the last slide there. With, um, for a couple of years, and the church of Philippi cares about Paul, they love him, and they send Epaphroditus, this guy, with a gift, monetary gift to those what else was in there. When I was living overseas, I loved it when my mom would send me a care package. If you're in the military, you got a care package from somebody. Uh, you really look forward to that. I mean, you open that thing up and it's, oh man, some piece of home, just something that touches your heart. I've had those, that feel, and I, all it wasn't money. One time my grandpa sent me smoked salmon, which was awesome, but it was all fuzzy and green by the time I got to there. I lived in Asia, and it was, it was shot. So, anyway, it was a hard challenge. But the Paphroditus gets sick after he visits Paul, and the church in Philippi hears about that and thinks that he's not sure if he's alive or dead or not. Um, and so part of what Paul is doing when he's writing to the Philippians is to let them know that Epaphroditus is alive and he's thanking them for the gift. And so let's just start reading here. Thanks, Lord. This is Philippians 1, verse 1. And I'm going to read today, you know, I read in several, I like so many different translations. Uh, depending on what uh, we're talking about, different translations kind of bring out things or explain things better. I'm going to use the Amplified today. Uh, Amplified, I love the Amplified version. It adds some additional words that helps you get a feel for what things are really, how things are really going on. So Paul and Timothy, Timothy is there with Paul at this time, serving him. Bond servants of Christ Jesus, the Messiah, to all the saints, God's people in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, including the overseers and the deacons, grace to you and peace. Inner calm and spiritual well-being. So, uh, yeah, if I give you little kind of definitions of some words here and there, because it, it comes to all this, I'll tell you what the other is. So, inner calm and spiritual well-being from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Timothy, who is another, he's with Paul through man, many of his travels. Uh, really, a spiritual son. He loved him. Probably trusted as much as he trusted anybody. Uh, is with him while Paul is in prison. He was, this prison was not the normal type of prison. It was you know, a little bit of freedom. You could preach people could visit him. I think he's still chained while he's in this room. But he could have visitors and had a little bit of freedom. He could walk around outside, but um, Timothy was there serving him as well as, of course, the Aphrodite's king. Verse 3, I thank my God in every remembrance of you, always offering every prayer of mine with 
for all of you, thanking God for your participation and partnership, both your comforting fellowship and gracious contributions, in advancing the good news, which is another term for the gospel. From the first day you heard it until now, verse 6, I am convinced and confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. He's convinced, we all know that verse. He's convinced that what God began, he will complete in you. Paul has this understanding which we all need to have. And that is that as this leader, Paul, who started them, a parent in a sense, spiritual parent, is living away in prison, he can only do so much to influence, to help, to guide them, to make sure they're walking the right way. So he's entrusted that God is the one who's doing the work on the inside of them. And he is so faithful, he will complete the work that he began inside of them while Paul is away. That is a wonderful thing to realize and recognize that the Holy Spirit is at work in you and I as we allow Him to change us to become what He wants us to be. Debbie and I were talking this morning, which is so weird to not come to church in the morning, by the way. I slept in a little bit. But we were talking this morning, and um, so we were reading and the scriptures, and one of the things we, we just started talking about, man, you know, we've married 27 years. And she said something to the effect of she married like four or five different men in me because I've changed many times in our marriage. So I'm not the guy right now that I was, well, I am, but you understand what I'm saying. When we got married, there's been this metamorphosis, this transformation of me. I'm a different person. If I've known you for 10 years or so, I'm different than when I first met you, and you are, you are too. Thank God. Right? Thank you, Lord. I'm different than who I used to be, and I want to be different next year than I am now and five years from now, so that we are all looking more and more like Jesus and being changed all of the time as we allow the Spirit of God to do that. Now, some people don't. Some people don't change. Some people who know God don't change. They don't allow that transformation. We, everything that God does with us is by invitation. You hear me say that a lot. As well as wants us to participate and allow him to do these things in us. We can hang on to, I remember someone said one time, can a Christian have a demon? And a man said, well, a Christian can have anything he wants. They might just hang on to that thing. They might not want to get rid of it. They doesn't have to have a demon. We can get free of those things. But we have to allow the Spirit of God to do what he wants to do on the inside of us. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all with unveiled face, continually seeing in a, as a mirror, excuse me, as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are progressively being transformed into His image from one degree of glory to even more glory. 
which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. That's what we've just been talking about. The Holy Spirit is transforming us all of the time as we allow Him. And here's how that happens a lot of times: is you read the reading the scriptures and realize, I need to guy, I need to change, or this truth isn't in me, and I want it, or this behavior is not in me, and I want it, or this behavior I have it, and I don't want it. That the Bible's talking about, right? All of those things. If we will, in that moment, just say, instead of saying, well, that's just who I am, you know, my parents were that way, or someone did that to me, and that's why I'm that way. No. If I say, okay, I just recognize something. I mean, one of them for me, I've had many in my life. One of them for me was a guy saying to me, uh, man, you know, there's a, there's a bad political spirit. There's something not right in you, which hurt my feelings. But it was true. And when I, I saw it, I could sense the feeling that I had sometimes when I would say things to people. It was this nasty political type of thing that would come out of me. And I went, oh, God. Yeah. I don't want that in me. I want to be authentic. I don't want to be so. I just right now come to you with this thing that's just been identified in me. And I want to say, I don't want it. And I ask you to change me and understand Forgive me for this thing. I don't want to get it out. And you know what? The Lord is amazing. He's unfailing, and His power is not limited. And when we humble ourselves, there's nothing that's impossible. He can deliver you of every single addiction, every single addiction, doesn't matter what it is. Any type of anger, anxiety, anxiety was one of the biggest things I started with my entire life. I've been completely delivered of anxiety, of anxiety. Thank you, Jesus. You can be, as we allow them and say, I identify something, but I don't want this. I want this. Continually, progressively being transformed into His image. Paul recognized that. Verse 7. I don't know what we're going to do today. It is right for me to feel this way about you because you have me in your heart as I have you in my heart. Since both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the good news, all of you share in His matchless grace with me. For God is my witness, how I long for you with the affection of Christ Jesus, whose great love fills me. And this I pray, that your love may abound more and more in real knowledge and in practical insight, so that you may learn to recognize and treasure what is excellent, and that you may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with all the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God, so that His glory may be both revealed and recognized. Then he says in verse 12, Now I want you to know, brother, excuse me, believers, that what has happened to me, this imprisonment that was meant to stop me, has actually served to advance the spread of the good news. My imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become common knowledge throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and everyone else. Because of my chains, seeing that I'm doing well, that God is accomplishing great things, most of the brothers have renewed confidence in the Lord. 
You have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear of the consequences. This is a beautiful thing that Paul writes to the Philippians. Because think about it for a moment. Here is an apostle. There aren't many of them. He's been given a specific mission. And he is traveling the world, speaking, preaching, and then he gets arrested. And he's got a two-year prison Paul wasn't a boy when he got saved. He was later on in life. He didn't know how much time he has. And for two years, he's stuck. He's, he's in prison. Yet, he writes to the Philippians, and he says, I think, actually, this has turned out to be a good thing. His interpretation of his circumstances is through the lens of God, which we all need desperately. You know, when you think of the experiences, the difficulties that you go through, that you've been through in life, whether they came from parents, whether they came from uh, employers, whether they came from whatever jobs, Whatever it is, family, difficulties that have come your way and maybe you felt stifled or not allowed to do things or go to some place or maybe um, somebody got sick in your family and you had to take care of them and you had to put your life on pause. If you're a mom, you have kids and your life feels like it's on pause, all you're doing is wiping butts and making peanut butter sandwiches. And everything's on pause. What I want to do, the ministry that God has given to me, the life has given me to do. For some, you know, it's a, a grandparent, and their child can't take care of their grandchild. And so now the grandparents taking care of the grandchildren. Life on pause. Stop. Don't get to do what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. Paul says, somehow use this thing where I was mistreated unjustly. I've been imprisoned and he's used it for the greater spread of the gospel and could not have imagined that that would happen. In other words, the opportunities that he has right now in his location are opportunities he would have missed had he just been free. And for all of us, for all of us, if you look at your life, can you all say, you know, I'm exactly where I've always wanted to be. I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing. I do not feel hindered in any way at all. Everything is amazing. How many have that? We've got one, two, three, four. Awesome. Others might be feeling no. Dreams, the thoughts, the future, the what I, where I thought I'd be at this time of my life, and all those things. It's not where I want it to be. It's not what I thought. Stop. Think things are turning out like Well, guess what? What if we had God's lens of interpretation for your life right now? That you are right where you're supposed to be. That you're around the people you are supposed to be around. That you have opportunity in people's lives that had you done what you thought you wanted to do, 
would be around them right now. That they are a part of your destiny to shine, to love, to serve, to be kind to, and that the gospel, the good news through you, of salvation can come in ways that you never imagined. But we can miss that if we wish we were somewhere else. Or if we don't see, like Paul saw, the God is here at work in this situation. As I was reading this today, I had the sense to tell you that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Now, there might be someone out there, and, and you do need to make some adjustments or something. Or maybe it's changing jobs, right? That can happen for sure. At the same time, I believe God is wanting you to, to embrace where you are, grow where you are, and look around where you are to see whose lives you're supposed to be touching. Who to be praying for around you? Who to be um, taking to lunch? Giving a word of encouragement to? Sharing Jesus with? Loving in some way? People who you never would have met had you done what you thought you were supposed Paul had that interpretation, and that's another reason I think he could say later on, I think in the Philippines, where he says, I'm content. I'm content. I can do all things through Christ and Christ. Whether I have a lot, whether I have a little, whether I'm sleeping out in the cold, or I've got three layers on. I'm content. I thought, well, in the country, I'm in a great prison, but God is using it. We need that interpretation. I just want to stop that there real quick. Lord, we ask for that right now for every single person. I ask that for every single person in here. Every bit of um, feeling like a failure, feeling ashamed, feeling that we missed the mark, feeling that we're out of place, feeling that things have not turned out the way that I wanted them to. I'm not seeing the fruitfulness that I thought I would. Lord, I ask that you would help us, even right now, to see through your grace. To see the way that you see. Of where we are, of where you've placed us. And Lord, I ask by your spirit that you would help us to embrace the moment and the season and the community and the neighborhood and the job, and the family, and the spouse, and the kids, and the serving, we would embrace it and watch what you are going to do with us in this place. And Lord, thank you that our fruitfulness and our success is in doing your will, not my dream. Doing your will, doing what you have planned. I just planned you laid out for Paul that included a prison stay. More than once, Holy Spirit, would you encourage even now every single heart, every single life, and Spirit of God, so you know if we need to make some adjustments or something, and you're changing us from glory to glory, we allow you even right now to change us, to do in us what you want done.
Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.